Today's topic is so important and so crucial to living a big, amazing, contribution-filled, productive life that we're giving you not one, but two episodes on the topic of habits. Take the time to digest it, and most importantly, the time to implement this into your life. As for today's part one on habits, I'm going to give you five amazing tools for developing your habits. We're going to cover breaking bad habits through recognizing the payoff you're getting and increasing the friction to those bad habits creating new habits by decreasing the friction, keystone habits, leveraging your alarm clock label feature, and lastly, temptation bundling. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is The Spark, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. helping good people become even better. This is the spark. So I'm asked almost on a daily basis, how do I get more motivation? And when I'm asked this, I always follow up with, well, what do you want it for? What is this motivation going to do for you? And you can imagine the answers that I get, right? A lot of times it's maybe better help. They want to get up and work out in the morning because I find there's pretty much two people in this world, those who get up and work out in the morning and those that wished that they got up and worked out in the morning. And some other reasons why I find they want to uh, have a little bit more motivation is maybe they've always had this manuscript inside of them. And a lot of people do. That's a really, really common thing. And the truth is everybody does have at least one manuscript scripts sometimes do inside of them, even if they're quote unquote, not a good writer. So they say, I've always wanted to write this book, but I need the motivation. Maybe it's to get up in the morning, or maybe it's to once the kids are in bed and everything's kind of settled down to sit down and put pen to paper at the kitchen table. That's another reason why they want motivation. Maybe it's because they've always wanted to start this new business, but where do I find the time? I just need, I just need the motivation to, to really start this. And here's the thing, guys, the answer is it's not motivation because motivation that ebbs and flows throughout the day. Heck, that can ebb and flow throughout a, a five minute interval, right? Motivation can easily be connected to external forces, things that are not driven by us. They can be connected by a song or a gift or a, a photo that you see. It can swing. There's a difference between when I hear a Fall Out Boy song and an Ed Sheeran song. Both of them I like, but one makes me feel introspective and wistful. And the other one makes me want to punch through walls. So you can't lean on motivation. You get mixed results. But if what you're looking to do, you're looking to create this better life, this better health, start a business, eat healthier, maybe even avoid some negative behaviors, it's not motivation. The answer, my friends, it's habits. I'm April Garcia, a business advisor, performance coach, serial entrepreneur, traveler, mama, wife, and just about everything in between. I've made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I only advise great executives and ambitious entrepreneurs on growing their business, having the right mindset, and contributing more to their world. To move forward, sometimes we need to take a look back. Have you ever had an amazing habit that was really serving you? You were getting up at 5 a.m. and just killing it. Maybe you were in the military and you had a schedule or a college athlete and you were following a training regiment, but there was a time in your life that you had these amazing habits that added so much to your life, yet you just stopped it. 
there's so many of us that have, right? And it's really normal. However, it doesn't have to be the standard. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you likely have established some pretty good habits. You've dialed some things in. Maybe you're even winning at life. I hope we're all winning at life, but let's reflect on your habits, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And with the tools and resources that we're going to share here, you can catapult yourself to the next level. So let's think on your habits. You and me right now, think on your habits. You probably can't think of most of them. Why? Because you're unaware of your habits, most of them. But we need to build in good habits. We need to be intentional about building in good habits until we become unaware of those, the healthy habits, so we can continue to mold our lives in the right direction. And I use that word mold on purpose because we're big old hunks of clay, people. And sometimes we kid ourselves to think that we're this this marble bust, right? But we're just not. We are clay. We can finally craft some minor changes or we can smash it down to nothing and begin again entirely new. Each morning when we wake up, we get to create that sculpture of ourselves. And sometimes we trick ourselves. Even society and family members and loved ones can can be convinced that we need that sculpture to look exactly the same as the sculpture yesterday. But it doesn't. You can begin again just, you know, as the saying goes, begin again more intelligently or says, when I let go of what I am, I can become what I might be. So we can mold ourselves and mold our lives through habits and some other things to look exactly like we want it to. And when we think about what we want, oftentimes the path to achieve it is through habits, through consistently executing, even if some very small way towards your goal. So how do we build these habits? First, I'm going to take you to the dark side. Bad habits. Who's got them? Spoiler alert, we all do. What are we going to do about them? Let's break this habit making and habit breaking into two categories. The the good habits we want to instill and the bad habits we want to move away from. So as we look at the bad habits that we want to kick, the first thing we've got to realize is there's a payoff. It doesn't matter how terrible this habit is. You've got to realize you are getting some kind of payoff. There's some kind of dopamine hit, some reward that you're getting by doing this bad habit. If you can identify what you're getting from it and rewire it, you can move away from it. But first, we've got to acknowledge that there's some kind of payoff. So maybe if it's smoking cigarettes, it's that we get some kind of rush from it. We get community when we go outside and we smoke with our fellow smokers. Or maybe if it's, I drink a little too much and I don't know why I do that because I end up getting, you know, sloppy drunk and running up my credit card or whatever that is. Well, you're getting some kind of payoff. Maybe it makes you more gregarious. Maybe it makes you the life of the party or gives you confidence. Or maybe you buy drinks for others around you and it makes you feel important and significant. There is some kind of payoff that you're getting. But again, First, let's get real about what the payoff is. And once we understand the payoff, then we can see if we can get that same feeling in another way. If we want to move away from those bad habits, there's a, a book out there. Actually, let's let's go for our resource. So you guys know I'm a voracious reader, always, always, always reading um, books, especially on personal development, time management, business, things like that. So today's resource is about atomic habits. The book talks about increasing the friction with bad habits, essentially making them more difficult to do. More steps are required to get to this bad habit. 
there's a person that I work with who um, was working on weight loss, really focused on weight loss. But here was the thing in his household, he had a lot of food <laughs> that he liked um, that was, you know, not the healthiest for him. And he saw it every time he walked by the kitchen. And so what he did is he moved the food from the island to the pantry. Just by moving that food behind the door and shutting the door, it was still in the house, but he's got to work for it. He's increased the friction to that bad habit. There was a gal that I work with who um, is writing a manuscript, right? And she initially was struggling with finding the time. Where do I get the time? Where do I get the time? Well, she loves herself some social media and we all do to certain extents, right? But she was putting a good two hours in every night and didn't realize it until she actually timed it two hours, bam, gone. Well, you can write yourself a fine book in two hours a night. So what did we do? Okay. She's not going to get off social altogether and that's okay. But all we did is move the icon off of her home screen on her phone and just dropped it down where you have to kind of scroll for it a little bit. So every time she picked up her phone, she didn't automatically see the, the sexy, luminous glare of her favorite social media channel, we'll say. Um, she no longer saw that. Instead, she saw like, text messages or she saw other things. She cut her social media down to about 30 minutes a night and she's good 25,000 words into her book. So you can see how just creating a little bit of friction really does get results. So just think about the bad habits. Think about the things that you do that you go, ah, it's not really serving me. I probably should move away from it. First, acknowledge why you do it. And second, make it harder for you to do it. So before we jump into the ways that we can use friction for the good, use it for the good side, let's talk about what a keystone habit is. So this is from the book of uh, Power of Habit. Keystone habits work by essentially providing a, a small win that's, that's an easy success. You know, when our confidence is shaken, it's good to quickly look for a win. Well, that's true in the morning too. When we're starting out our day, like show your brain, show you that you're going to show up and you're going to start winning. And and that's what a keystone habit is. It can be this quick win that sets up your brain and your body for success. And like, yeah, look at me. Look at the things I've already done. And the thing to consider, guys, is not all habits are equal. Some habits are more equal than others. Yes, a literary reference, because I love me a literary reference. Um, Some habits are simply more powerful than others. So developing a keystone habit, it puts you in this mindset that improvement is possible in, in not only this one small little tiny area of your life, but in every area. And it triggers this cascade of positive change. So Anybody know what the number one keystone habit for successful people is? It's so simple. Takes less than a minute. There's a lot of clues for success, right? Success leaves clues. There's a lot of things that we're going to do to make us incredibly successful. We're going to talk about them. We've already talked about them. We'll continue to talk about them in this podcast. But this one is a really simple one. Making your bed. It takes less than a minute. But there is a lot of research that has shown that this simple thing can increase your general well-being and it boosts your productivity. It says to your brain, it sets your brain up and says, hey, look at me. Look what I've already done. And guys, how simple is this? Like, you know, you don't even have to, you don't even have to like do the sheet right. I'm not talking military corners or hospital corners. You don't even need to do that. Like the sheet can be all messed up. Just pull that comforter over top and make it look like Make it look like the smooth sea on top. It can be a wild undercurrent. Doesn't even matter what's going on below that comforter. As long as you look and you see, man, that looks good. It gives you a sense of completion. 
So there's our very, very simple keystone habit. This is how we set up our day. Lots of ways we set up our day, but this is one of the amazing ways that we set up our day. We roll out of bed. Thanks, bed. That was an awesome night's sleep. We pull the comfort over. We stand there, look at our achievement, and then we move on to the next thing. So let's head back to the idea of friction. We talked about increasing friction for bad habits earlier. Let's talk about how we decrease friction for good habits. So if we want to be one of those people that run in the morning or get up or exercise in the morning, how can we decrease some friction? So a pretty common one that most people know about is getting your workout clothes out the night before. So if you want to roll out of bed at 6 a.m. and jump right into that morning run, well, put your workout clothes next to your bed and your shoes stacked up and everything ready to go. So the second that you get out, there it is. You have decreased friction to that good habit. Because when we wake up, it's dark and it's cold and it's lonely in the morning. Our brain is searching for any reason possible to not work out. Is there, oh, my back kind of hurts. Maybe I'm going to slip a disc if I go for a run this morning. This is how our brain works at 6 a.m. or 5 or 4. Or I got to drive to the gym. Ah, shoot, I think I'm low on gas. Well, I'll go get gas later and I'll go to the gym tomorrow. Our brain immediately irrationalizes. Our brain is like that little friend that says, nah, you don't really need to do it. Sleep in. The bed's better. Who wants to make that bed and have that keystone habit anyhow? And you go back to bed. So set out your work clothes the night before. Set out your running shoes. Gas up the car. Make sure that you dial it in when your motivation is higher. That's when you want to dial in those habits. You do not want to try to dial in a habit the morning of. If you go, okay, I'm going to have a really healthy breakfast. Okay, well, what's your breakfast going to be? Plan it ahead. If you're going to make oatmeal, maybe you make it the night before in the slow cooker. You set it up before. Don't say, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and then I'm going to figure out what to eat that's a healthy breakfast. It's not positioning you for success. So think about ways to decrease the friction in your good habits. And decreasing the friction is why meal planning or meal prep is so effective for people. It's because if you sit down on a Saturday and go, hey, this is what I'm going to have for lunch the next five days, my my chicken and my quinoa and my black beans and my greens or, or whatever that may be, whatever you choose to have. When you do meal prep, maybe you're doing it to save money or maybe you're doing it to eat and make uh, healthier choices. That's why that's so effective because there's such little friction. If you've got five meals all setting out nice in your refrigerator and ready to go at the drop of a hat, not a lot of friction there. It's one of the reasons why I actually, I keep kettlebells under my desk. Yes, I'm that person in that office. I got a kettlebell. I got two actually kettlebells under my desk. Why? Because it's like zero friction. Because I know that if I'm on a long conference call, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm doing it now when I pause the podcast, do a couple of squats because it's really, really minimal friction. And it reminds me constantly, oh, that's right. I want to be healthy. Oh, that's right. I want to be strong. So think about the things, the new habits that you want and how easy it is to make decrease the friction. If you want to start getting up early in the morning, set your alarm the day before, make it really, really easy to get up and don't put your phone right next to your bed. If you tend to snooze or your alarm clock, move it away. Move it away so you actually have to physically get out of bed to go do it. And um, also a quick tool that works really, really well is um, most, if you're using your phone for your alarm, most alarms can have a label. Give it a label that means something to you. Give it a label that when the alarm's going off in the morning and you see that word, it fires you up. I have an alarm that goes off six days a week and it goes off at 4 a.m. And that alarm is labeled unstoppable. 
because I would characterize myself as someone who's unstoppable. And I really like the Sia song, Unstoppable. Like, I am ready to just run through walls when I hear that song and apparently follow up boy from earlier. But when I hear that song, it pumps me up. So when that alarm goes off and it's cold and people are sleeping and it's dark, I see Unstoppable. That's what I see flashing. And it helps get me out of bed. Another gal that I work with, she gets up and writes in the morning. What is what is her alarm clock's label? It's New York Times bestseller. So when her alarm goes off at 5.30 in the morning, she's looking at New York Times bestseller. So she's a lot less likely to snooze. So that's just a quick tool that I wanted to share that's been very, very useful. As you are reflecting now on some good habits that you'd like to instill... Can you think about ways to decrease the friction, ways to make it much easier in the moment to actually execute on that thing? And moving away from friction, this concept of friction, using it for the the good or the evil, let's go back to what we were talking about initially when we were discussing bad habits on the dopamine hit, the, the high, the payoff that we're getting, some kind of reward that we're getting for doing those bad habits. Let's use that same concept for the good. So I built in this concept of a reward system with people and with myself, things that I'm going to get or things that people are going to get or sales teams or ops teams or whoever it is, what they're going to get by doing a task, particularly doing something they don't want to do. So um, Atomic Habits also covers this. And I, I always called it reward system, building in a reward system. And they refer to it as temptation bundling. That's when you take a behavior that you think of as important, but kind of unattractive and link it to a behavior that you're really drawn to, that you that you like, one that will generate a dopamine hit. For me, this concept was always about building in a reward system. So um, a real estate agent or even just a salesperson in general that has to do prospecting. Maybe they don't like doing prospecting. We did give this example um, on an earlier podcast. Well, build in a reward at the end. Okay, you've got to do prospecting for two hours. It's not your favorite thing. All right. Well, let's build in a reward when it's all done. Let's build in something that you're going to get when it's done. Um, There's a gal that I'm working with who went back and she's going after some higher education, right? Well, she's having a hard time focusing on studying. And she's like, oh man, it's just, it's hard to really stay focused. And I said, well, if you're not really enjoying the content, you're just not really enjoying the process, what's your reward system? Let's build in that payoff. And why is that important? Yeah, you can say, well, I'm looking forward to this. Like the prospecting person, she, you know, maybe goes, gets herself her favorite, you know, coffee drink at the cafe down the road, or she goes to her favorite lunch joint after she does this thing she really doesn't like. Um, yes, you look forward to it, but it's not just about what you're consciously looking forward to. It's that your brain starts to connect this unappealing thing that you have to do. In the real estate agent's example, it's prospecting. Her brain started to link up prospecting with a caramel macchiato. And then she starts to get just anticipating, because you can actually track this in, in, in brains, that just the anticipation of that reward almost is the same as receiving that award, that that the feeling that we get anticipating that dopamine hit is almost as strong as when we actually have that thing. We have that, you know, caramel macchiato in our hands. It's nearly the equivalent. So the anticipation of that dopamine hit is a powerful tool and that can be used for the good or the bad. We're going to use it for the good because that's what we do on the show. We use the power for the good. So if you know that there's this thing you have to do, 
you know that there's this thing you don't want to do. Let's build in a reward. There's a gal that I work out who's training for a fitness competition. It's actually two girls that I work with that do this, but the workouts are two two hours, brutal two hours of, of really all out workout, um, very restrictive diet. And so when I asked them, well, what's your reward system? Because obviously it can't be food related. Um, what, is, what does that look like? And some of them didn't have it and they were just pushing through and it was taking everything they got. So I said, my goodness, do you like shopping? Because you've done all this hard work. Go get yourself an amazing pair of pants and go damn, I look good in these because you're doing so much work. At least appreciate all your hard work. And guys, it can be something as simple as that, but it can totally revolutionize your day and just be one more amazing tool to sculpt that hunk of clay that is your life. So definitely build in that reward system, guys. That's so important. So as we look at our day and we look at our week, what's that thing that you got to do and make sure you got to do? Because the first thing is prioritization. Do you actually need to do it and how important it is? And if you say, yes, I've got to do it. No, I can't delegate it. It's got to be me. And yes, it's important. If all those are yeses, then let's not procrastinate on it. Let's build a reward system or temptation bundling, but let's build a reward system around that thing. So maybe not the first time maybe not the second time, but by the third or the fourth time, your brain is starting to look forward to it. And it doesn't even know why. It doesn't even necessarily delineate between prospecting and the caramel macchiato. It's just linked those two things together. And suddenly you like doing that activity that you've put off for so long. In temptation bundling, we've got to make your habits immediately satisfying. And that's how we can connect it to the effective behavioral change. So you can't say, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to work out today. And then on Saturday, I'm going to go do this thing for myself. It's too long. It's not bad. It is a reward system, Um, but it's better for you to have some kind of payoff immediately after. Again, we're kind of trying to trick our brain into connecting these two activities. Immediate reward is the most effective way to do this. Whatever reward that you set up for that habit, that new habit that you're doing, and you say, okay, here's my reward, scale that reward, scale it according, make it proportional to how bad you don't want to do that thing. Because if you're like, oh, there's this tiny little reward at the end of this really horrible thing I don't want to do, well, it's going to be tough, but scale it accordingly. So if it's something you really don't want to do, maybe something you've been putting off for years, that reward better be real big on the other side. To wrap this episode up with a bow, what we talked about today was five tools to mastering your habits. We discussed breaking bad habits by recognizing payoff, increasing friction. We discussed creating new habits by decreasing the friction and that key keystone habit that is so easy to do, but often overlooked and leveraging the almighty alarm clock label feature. And lastly, temptation bundling or what I like to refer to as building a reward system. And on the next episode, you're going to get the remaining four habits to get you to your amazing life. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So tell your friends about the spark and help them get to the next level. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at aprilgarcia underscore the spark or check me out at thesparknow.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.